the Constant Struggle. I'm Nick Watson. And I'm Bree Watson. Happy New Year! Yay! Yay. 2017. 2017. And we're going to kick off the year uh, with our first interview of the year. Yay! Please Clapping. welcome Tyler Morgan. Oh man, hey guys. Woo. Thanks for having me. Yay! This Thanks for so coming. Good. Thanks welcome for to the big shoot. Anytime. I, I'm pumped to be here. Are you comfortable though? Are you comfortable uh, enough? It is, it is quite cozy. You've given me uh, Sour Patch Kids, Apples, and Jube Jubes. <laughs> this is, you know, I never thought I'd be on this Tonight Show, but I'm glad <laughs> I'm on this. It's the full green room spread while you're being interviewed. Exactly, right? Right. As long as you didn't ask specifically for like red sour patch kids right exactly that's true that's i'm not gonna I'm rock gonna band you rock star oh, you no. oh wait what's that oh it's dan he's messaging me and saying he's eating lunch okay <laughs> cool hey dan shout out to dan all right well welcome tyler tyler we've got you on the show for a couple reasons yeah um, the first of all is because you've written a book. That's you, true. An actual book that has Bri, been published. Bree and yeah. I are holding it. We are it's, holding uh, a it's, we're all holding it. Oh. I got three copies. Nice. Thank and, you very uh, much. Book, yeah. The, the book is called The Big Ball of Mud. Yeah. And I'm going to ask you so many questions about the book. I can't wait. Yay. Uh, but I also, I mean, I know you from... Humber. Humber. Yeah. Oh, were you guys in the same class? No. Oh. You, you were a like, year, two years? A year or two years ahead of you. I think so. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's where I met you, and then you went to conservatory. You basically right. did the exact same thing that I did. Good. Uh, and now... But he managed to write a book for But he managed oh. to write a book! <laughs> it's coming, it's right. coming, guys. <laughs> oh, what uh. day. All right, well, why don't, we ta- why don't we talk about the thing that's in my hands right now? Why don't totally. we talk about the big ball of mud? First of all, why is it Tyler K. Morgan? Is there a Tyler Morgan that already exists who's an author and you didn't want to have any kind of legal problems? But... No, it's, it's, <laughs> it's nothing that interesting. It's just, uh, it could have been Tyler Keaton Morgan. Ooh. But Tyler K. Morgan sounds interesting. And sometimes when I read to kids, I like to make up what the K stands for. Oh, that's fun. So like kindness, Tyler Kindness uh, Morgan. And just, over time, it's something new. So this is a book for kids of what age? Uh, I would give it to like five to eight. Five to eight. Uh, the language is very simple, but the message is for, like, older kids. Okay. So it's in that weird vein of, like, I don't know, you'll grow up with the book. Cool. Yeah. And well, this is going to be perfect for Coop, because he's right in that age group, and he's learning French language, so English is a bit tougher for him. Okay. So this is going to be great. I'm looking forward to reading it with him. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I hope you do, yeah. What inspired you to write a kid's book? Right. Okay. Um, so uh, I'm at the University of Winnipeg. Ooh. And I'm taking a children's literature class. Oh, okay. cool. It's really cool. Um, the first book we read was uh, Where the Wild Things Are. Oh, And at first nice. you're thinking, it's so simple, right? Where the Wild Things Are. Oh, there's a lot it's going a, on in there. Well, that's what we learned. Yeah. And you can, lear- you can learn from all these things. And, like, uh, I actually wrote a paper on it. Um, and what the paper was, was, uh, if you notice in the pictures, when uh, Max enters the island, uh, the monsters have monster features. He has human features. But... As he progresses, he loses one of his fingers. He only has four, uh, three Whoa. fingers at one point, and the monsters start becoming more human. Now all of a sudden nice. they have feet. So that was what my paper was. Oh. He's becoming more barbaric. He's becoming. But there's all kinds of things. There's like. Uh... You know, I never read that book growing up. Really? No. I didn't. Well, because we grew up speaking French, oh. so we read all these French books growing up. But I didn't. I was not made aware of that book until the movie came out. Same. Really. And they had the uh, the music from. 
Arcade Fire. Yeah, yeah. which looked great. That movie uh, really teaches your children how to become emo jerks. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. And a lot of Freudian stuff. Oh, like uh, yeah. the, mo- uh, the mom monster actually swallows the kid and whatever. Ah! But anyway, yeah. uh, so it was interesting. And You so... wanted to write a book about a mom who swallows a kid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then it became a big ball of mud somehow. But um, I just really want to... Uh, like a lot of people are asking me, like, why do you write? Why did you write a kids book instead of an actual novel? Right. And the answer I always give them is like, I would rather make a pocket watch than a clock tower, because a pocket watch you can't take anything away from a pocket watch, and that's why I think kids books are like, if you took anything away from any kids book, it would cease to be what it was. But where like a bigger novel, it sort of requires maintenance, it requires study and sort of knowledge of how it works. Where pocket watches, you just open it up, you understand put it back down for later and i love i love like seuss i love studying seuss um okay there's this great doc uh, it's not really a documentary but it's this movie called in search of dr seuss mm-hmm. and it's got like robin williams christopher lloyd billy crystal like all kinds of crazy the people guys, yeah yeah um and it's a musical huh, it's really? a musical it's oh, crazy nice. it's directed by i think the same guy who directed home alone uh christopher nolan no, no, yeah, no, no. <laughs> no. Christopher, I can't remember. Christopher uh, Col- Columbus. No, no. Uh, Columbus. Christopher Knight. Knight. Oh, wasn't Home Alone? No, it wasn't. I'm confused. I thought it was John Hughes. Well, he wrote it. He wrote it. I don't okay. think he directed. Anyway, so there was a that. director called Chris Columbus, though, right? Yeah, he okay. did the first Harry Potter. Movie. I think that's oh. it. I think okay. it is Chris Columbus. Yeah, it You're just right. sounds weird because You're we right. were saying Christopher. Of Columbus. course, yeah. He discovered America oh, and, and directed then he made movies. Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but just the first two, and then he kind of yeah, was like, that's right. He's like, no more. This is too stressful. There's too many nerds out there. Anyways, love Seuss, love Robert Munch. So you're a big fan of of kids books like when you were a kid were you like really like into reading and yeah. stuff yeah my my uncle uh got me uh, a membership to the dr seuss a book a month thing oh cool so i have like a huge collection of dr seuss books at home so like go dot go um you know uh <laughs> the lorax uh uh hoover humperdinck we didn't read a lot <laughs> i feel like we didn't read a lot of seuss again because we were french so we were reading a lot of french books and watching a lot of tv so what so what's what what are french children's books there's like a series the max books like le noel de max which i think it, they then made in english or vice is that versa the white rabbit no it's like there was this little character max who was like i don't know if he was like a hedgehog or something or I don't remember. I remember the Richard oh. Scary books. Yes. And then the Mister Men, but in French. The Mister Men. Les, les oh yeah, Mister Men. Yeah. yeah. Monsieur, yeah. Whatchamacallit. They're great. Those yeah. are perfect books. And for bar, 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 bar. <gasps> Yep, that was good too. <laughs> They're just a blob from France. <laughs> a no, blobish Belgium. family. Really? Oh yeah. shit! Sorry. The Belgians have like crazy uh, graphic art stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Bay days. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like yeah, basically cartoons, but. I don't know, well, like, yeah, the big festivals there too, right? Um, do, on DM or something know. like that. I okay. didn't know there was a big festival. <laughs> There's a huge French language comic book festival. That makes sense. interesting. Yeah, it's all like the Tintins and the yeah, yeah, like stuff. proper yeah. grown-up stories for comics. Got it. People are doing it in those books. Wow. <laughs> yeah, the French don't care. No, uh-huh. you can get away with a lot. <laughs> uh, the other French comics I know is. Um, uh, Asterix and Obelix. Yep. Yeah, yep. those are the two that I know. Yeah, I saw that growing up well, too. see, now I'm torn because I don't know if Asterix and Obelix is uh, French or if it is Belgian. I'm is not going to go on a limb on that one at all. Uh, we can do our research and we'll find out. Interesting. I always thought. Well, I always thought because they're from Gaul, Belgium. right? Which yeah. is France. Uh, right. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go France on that one. But if like Gaul, did it also include Belgium back then? 
I don't think so. Anyways, uh, anyway, <laughs> anyways, but uh, uh, so uh, right. So what I started to do is one Christmas I wrote three books, three Ooh. books, which was um, the gift that ate Christmas, the big ball of mud, and uh, to the person who claims to be my mom. Ooh. Oh no, the shoe fly shoe. Sorry, shoe fly shoe. Okay. So out of these three stories, um, we shipped them out. Uh, at one point, like my old principal helped me. You shipped them out. What do you mean you shipped them out? Shipped you them sent out them to like, like publishers. Yeah, publishers. And we got a call back from one from Winnipeg who said like, "This is this is in my pile to publish. Cool. I want this story." Uh, but this book was the shoe fly shoe. Okay. Um, and so we realized that like we have no representation. We have no people that we can even like call out to to help us except this principal. So we have educators because the parents are teachers, but eventually what we decide on is self-publishing okay. and that's how we get into Freeze and Press. That's who published it in the end. And that was like a, I think like a, a year or a year and a half process. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you grew up in Winnipeg. Yes. Uh, and why? <laughs> yes. What do you, <laughs> well, you can say why? Well, not why. <laughs> no, do you still, <laughs> well, I was going to ask why you moved to Toronto, but first I want to yep. know like what it was like growing up in Winnipeg. And I want to know right. what's the deal with the Mennonite school. Right. Oh. No, no, everyone wants to know about the Mennonite school. Uh, all right. So, um, what was your question again, Brittany? Yeah, what was it like growing up in Winnipeg? Was it? Is it, it like? small town, big city, middle of the road, it's super like, cold? It's like a super city cold. with with like uh, I guess like farmers. I guess is the way to see it. Like it's a big city. I was thinking about this yesterday. It is a city, and yep. we've got like we've got like our hockey team. The Jets came back. Woo! Jets weren't around when I was there. So oh. you a Jets fan yeah. then? Uh, I I have to be. Like right. it's such a cool story. Uh, back in my day, it was the Moose. We had the oh. Moose, but they weren't an NHL team. No, they had that sweet arena though. Yes, yes, that that's right. They one, tore it down. That big one down. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. no, the old Winnipeg Arena. I guess the Moose played there. Yes. And yeah. then they built the new arena. Yeah. For the Moose, hoping to one day. Have an yeah. NHL team come back. That's right. I, I think if like, you build it, they will come. It, it, yeah. and, it, and it did. Um, that is a great arena. My dad works there now. Oh, that's he's cool. He's retired, and he uh, he basically is the ticket taker. Oh man, so that, that sounds like a dream job for a hockey. Yeah. Player. Does he get to watch the games? Like once everyone. He watches the in. games, but he also they also have a lot of music concerts there. Oh. Yeah. It's like a kind of state of the art arena, so it's like. It'll be like, well, Kanye's next tomorrow. Part <laughs> <laughs> next week. I can't imagine Kanye in Winnipeg. Yeah. I um, I guess I guess he liked him though. That, that was like, yeah, Kanye's pretty cool. Your dad's wearing a Jesus T-shirt next time you see him. So, but Winnipeg, <laughs> Winnipeg was uh, it's a very car-centric town. Like because it gets cold, you are in your vehicles all the time, and everything is sort of. We have buses, but we clearly don't have like the public transit that Toronto has. Um, but I really liked it. There's something like super humbling about it, I guess, coming from Winnipeg. You were there for comedy, right? I went for the Fringe. They have a really good Fringe. Yeah, second biggest Fringe in Canada. I, I would imagine it like a big version of St. Catharines. Would, yeah. Would you say that's fair, Bree? Oh. Mm. Oh, well. Do you know St. Catharines at all? Yeah, I know St. Catharines. All right, yeah. Is that about right, then? Is it... I would say so. Okay. Yeah, it did kind of feel like St. Catharines, but I got the feeling that it was, uh, because it gets so cold in the wintertime. Yeah. I feel like it's almost not comparable to Southern Ontario. Oh, okay. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, if we... But even just, like, going to the beach felt like going to the beach in Niagara, you know what I mean? Mm, like, okay. we drove out an hour, and we were at this super cool beach. Right. I don't remember what it was called. 
but it was super cool. <laughs> oh, people were friendly. There were a lot of cool cars, I remember. Yeah, it's car-centric town, yeah. so, like, everyone's, like, souped up. And They're like, like, yeah, people oh, care about their, like, old motor cars, or, yeah. like, old, like, cool see, old classic cars. And you'll see a Model T. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, really classic. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. I thought it was cool, but I was, like, I don't want to be here in the wintertime, though. Yeah, like, if we didn't have that winter, we probably would be, like, a major city, like mm-hmm. Toronto or Montreal, probably. Um, and, all right, so the, the NBC High School. So, um... So this is this is was something I was gonna bring up. So one thing I've always had to struggle with with my life is uh, acceptance. Okay. It's uh, really tough. Acceptance like how? Acceptance in terms of uh, what I want to do with my life, which is comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you've always known you wanted to do comedy, or no? In okay. the very very beginning, I wanted to be a train conductor because I <laughs> loved awesome. me. Yeah, I loved me some Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> um, but uh, the parents parents really wanted me to be a lawyer. Like they, they didn't want me to be a teacher. They really were adamant, don't be a teacher, because they understand the industry and just how hard Are it can be. Are your parents teachers? Mom is a principal. Well, retired. Mm. She just retired over Christmas. Here you go, Mom. Uh, they are both in Hawaii right now. Nice. Um, nice. Yeah. Because uh, uh, Dad was an elementary school teacher. Okay. But she was sort of where, it was sort of a nicer area. He was in, uh, um, oh, the East End, I think. West End? West End. Yeah. A little bit rougher? very rough there's sort of two parts of winnipeg there's transcona and then there's like the west end which are sort of the areas you don't really want to i mean it's okay but like it like the like my dad told a story of like at night there was this one guy who wanted to burn his school down for no reason so this guy had this gasoline canister and Ah! it can get a little tipsy wow and he ended up setting himself on fire in front of this elementary school swung on and missed and there's like a bullet hole in the doorway what the hell it was crazy that is proper rough so anyways, so anyways, uh, so uh, the whole point is, we I had to convince my parents to accept I want to be um, a, a comedian. Great, and, and, was and they just looked at their bleak Winnipeg lives and said, "There is no humor here." <laughs> That's true. Well, you need humor in a bleak situation. Okay. That's the thing. Exactly. That's what breeds humor. Uh, so when did you decide that you wanted to go into comedy? Because um, you went to university, so you went and got your yeah degree. It it started after elementary school. What happened was I was sort of this kid who, um, I was a troublemaker. I was the kid that um, went to the principal constantly and had like a problem in kindergarten though. Wow. And they, uh, yeah. But the only thing was it was because of my height. Like I was a head taller than all the students. And <laughs> so when you, you stuck get in, out more. Yeah. And when you get into a fight, the teacher's not going to blame the kid that's on the ground. Like the, the taller kid clearly starts all the problems. Um, so what ended up happening is I, I, I just got this book, this book about like, if I had a good day or a bad day, I got stickers anyway. So the whole point is I, <laughs> I got out of my shell. I did this valedictorian thing and I did theater. I always did Christmas plays. I played okay. like, I played general, I played Joseph. I played this, um, there was this play called the Calhoun Moo. That was like my first foray into theater. <laughs> and, uh, I only had one line. The whole point was I just sit on front of the stage the entire time. Animals come out and they're like, Cal, why won't you move? And I was like, uh, nothing. I just don't move. <laughs> then I move at the end of it. Yeah. And everyone lost like, their shit. Everyone was like, what? <laughs> You're not supposed to move that. Yeah. So this led to me like doing the valedictorian thing, which involved a lot of comedy. In fact, in grade six, you had to do uh, a speech to get the gig. And my speech was how comedy is better than being miserable, I think. Or something <laughs> like that. 
uh, and everyone like that. So then uh, I went to the private Mennonite school. It's all coming full circle, guys. Here we go. Here we go. Um, it's a private Mennonite school. It's a private Mennonite school. Okay. And so are it, you? Were you? You were Mennonite, or you were raised Mennonite? No, no Mennonite, no Mennonite. No. That's a very big misconception about Tyler Morgan is. There's no connection to the Mennonite. You just community. went to a Mennonite. school. I went school. to a Mennonite school. I don't know why I find like because like you can not be Catholic and go to a Catholic school. Yeah. So I guess that's why I was like, okay, why you must be Mennonite if you went to a Mennonite school. It's a better story, but uh, <laughs> it's, maybe not. It's... Let's hear. <laughs> Let's hear. Yeah. Uh, so just to finish up the why I went to comedy, uh, I went to the library at NBCI. They had a big library, and I picked out a biography on at at the time was the king of comedy in my little mind which was jim carrey right so the book was oh the book was called the joker's wild i read it and i was like okay i want to do stand-up i want to do stand-up jim carrey does stand-up he's a funny guy that's how i'll do my thing and i told my parents and they were like ha ha no right <laughs> so uh i just kept reading about comedy in this library trying to study things and you like there was just for laughs and everything and eventually what happened was I heard about uh, Manitoba's Theater for Young People. Yes. And there was a comedy thing. Mm-hmm. And I finally was like, Mom, Dad, let's, let me, please let me go do this comedy thing. And they said no. <laughs> so this is sad. And eventually what happened was I was in the car. I remember this. I was in the car. Mom's driving me. And finally we're at a red light. It's winter. It's snowing. And I'm like, you know, Mom, I really want to do this comedy. And if you love me, oh. you'll let me do it too. And she's like, you bastard. Well, <laughs> well, uh, maybe in her mind, yes. But uh, she just turned over and she thought about it. And by when I, by the time I got home that day, I was signed up for my nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. So you were able to convince her that, that this was something yeah. that you legitimately wanted to pursue. Yeah. And then... Um, and way and, to guilt upstream. Well, I, pr- I put all my chips on the table, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, you got to play hard with uh, Mrs. Morgan. Um, <laughs> But yeah, um, so she, so then I, that led to doing like stand up at NBCI and, um. So you did stand up at, at school, wait, was at the school or at the young, the, the at, theater? At the private Mennonite school. Yeah, okay. uh, oh NBC, man, what's, what's comedy like at a Mennonite school? Well, that was the big thing because comedy had been sort of outlawed. I didn't know this until, uh, later, but what had happened was every year there used to be this big celebration at the end of the year where students got to impersonate teachers. Oh. And one year, well, one, one teacher, <laughs> yeah, one teacher was just so upset with her representation that they stopped doing it for two years. So there was no comedy in the, the halls of NBCI uh, until they wanted to do a talent show where I was like, I'm going to do stand-up. And of course, everyone else is like singing, dancing. Uh, that's kind of it. And uh, here's this young grade seven kid coming up and saying, I'm going to do stand-up and make fun of all the teachers. So I was like, uh-oh, uh-oh. Uh, but I did it and uh, I got second place. Nice. Um, and it was great. My grandparents came, and uh, my nana tells me stories of like praying and saying, "Oh, poor little Tyler," because <laughs> the stage is huge. We had this thing called chapel, which was sort of an assembly, but in a theater that okay. sat like a hundred, five hundred kids. Huh. So that was that was my first audience doing stand up too. Good crowd. Have you had the crowd, crowd that big ever since? Uh, uh, well, I did it multiple times at NBCI. Oh, so yeah, don't yeah. worry. <laughs> uh, but, since you've been in Toronto. Yeah, uh, I know. I know the uh, how to perform in front of six people's now. You know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta have a range of who you That's perform right, yeah. for. 
but uh, so that's sort of the private Mennonite story. Um, I also ran for president there, uh, school president. I did a mural, and there's now a mural in NBCI that I'm in. Oh, I'm actually sweet. In. They did a production of The Wiz, that uh, classic uh, telling, retelling of Wizard of Oz. I played the lion, and the like Dorothy, Tin Man, Lion, um, Scarecrow are in the mural. Ooh. Yeah. So your lion is up there. Uh, my lion's up there. In <laughs> fact, uh, I had an audition this week for Cannibal the Musical. How'd that go? Uh, it went really well, I think. Uh, I was we... looking at the posting for that, and it was like, man, 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 man. It was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Polly, Polly Perkins, I think, is the only female character in that. Um so I'm sorry, Bree. Did you did you you didn't I go didn't in? End there. Up going. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it went. I think it went good on Tuesday. I sang cool. it's a it's a mean old I'm a mean old lion, which is from the Wiz. Oh, nice. So the song I did from way back is the song I'm doing now. And uh, why not? Yeah. I remember in the audition they said, "Do you have any questions?" And I was like, uh, I th- "You're gonna like what I got." Ooh, <laughs> 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 confidence. Was uh, did you recognize anybody at the table? Uh, not anyone at the table, okay. no. because I'm wondering, because didn't they just do this, like, not that long ago? And it was Wednesday. I mean, me, not the, not the uh, audition, but they did uh, Cannibal the Musical, like, a year ago. Yeah, at the Panasonic Theater. Yeah, yeah. so what's going on, like... Are, well, this is a tour oh, in, okay. in the States. So are... Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So I assume they would be touring with the same cast, but I guess not? I, don't, I think it's just a new cast. Well, uh-huh. I think they want a non-equity class. Uh, oh, of course, right. Yeah, okay. I think that's what they're going for. I see. So we'll hear January 10th. If All I right. So, We're going to expect a video from you on January 10th. Really? So just saying, you. listen, Brian. I Nick, got it. I Yay. did it. Oh, man. It would be awesome. Yeah. I, I really, like, it's one of those things where you just want to be a part of it. You don't care what role you get. Did you watch it when it was, when it was out? No, nope. <laughs> but I but I was a fan of the movie. I was a fan of yes, I did <laughs> many times. <laughs> I paid many hard-earned dollars. <laughs> oh man, but it was good. Um, so I hope that answered both your questions. That's sort of what it's like being in a private Mennonite school. Did you have to do like churchy things at all at school? Yeah, every uh, every day six on the school day cycle, we had chapel where okay. we would sing worship t- uh, songs, and we'd have like some sort of a guest speaker. We had a pastor there who would like um, organize guests and everything, and uh, it was it was pretty fun. I remember one time we sang uh, the Proclaimer song, Five Hundred Miles. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, we only did that once, but I really, I really <laughs> like singing <laughs> yeah, that song. I'm like, this is a worship song. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, but it was good. Um, we I also read this article about um, Mennonites and the like pride community within the Mennonite community. community. Is it good? Uh, it was pretty interesting. Okay. I thought they shunned electricity as well. Like that's that might be Hutterites. They're sort of Amish Hutterites Mennonites, and Mennonites are the ones who adapt, but they're they're very non. Uh, they're very pacifist. Okay. Oh, cool. All right. Yeah. And they were super homophobic. Really? For a time. Oh, for but a time. But now there's a lot more progressive. Uh, yeah, there's a ton of Mennonites in the Niagara region, in like Niagara on the Lake and stuff. Interesting. Oh, okay. Yeah, because they're like it's like a it came back uh, from. Is Germany it a Dutch thing? Oh, okay. Germany, Dutch. Yeah, I guess it must be. That makes Anyways, sense. Yeah. Yeah. And what about Pennsylvania? Is that Mennonite or is that just Amish? Amish? Yeah, that's, that's Amish. Amish. Yeah. Okay. That's Amish. Yeah. No, because they did come out with this new. Um, CBC's got this new show coming. Yeah. Out. Sure. Yeah. Breaking are... Bad with Amish people. Well, it's true. But I, I thought it was supposed to be Mennonites. Okay. So oh, that looks so super be... traditional as well, though. Yeah, so there yeah. must be some Mennonites who are. They're like, have you done very... cooking the shit, Jebediah? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Yes, I have. Yeah. It's really good shit. Mm. Mm, that's good math. <laughs> it's not math, it's coke. Okay, now. <laughs> Why does it gotta be coke? Well, well, I already did it's, math. It's, well, oh, it's, all right. And it's, it's based on a true story. Like, the mafia oh, did blackmail um, Amish people to oh. carry cocaine for them. That sucks. Yeah. I wrote a sketch about it for, um, um, what's, uh, what's the second year show at Humber Club? Oh, the... Showcase? Showcase, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Showcase. Didn't get in. The industry show. The industry oh. show, there it is. Yeah. Wait, the that sketch didn't get in, or you didn't get in? I got in, yeah. but uh, the <laughs> I was sketch like, didn't get in. I'm pretty sure I saw you there. Yeah. Um, so that's a good segue. Why, <laughs> is that why you came to Toronto to do the Humber thing? Uh, no, what happened was uh, the parents, although uh, after seeing me do stand-up and all this stuff, doing musicals, um, they uh, they realized I wanted to do comedy. That's mm-hmm. fine. But they because they're teachers, they believe in education, so you need to get a degree. That's exactly why I ended up going, because I figured I wouldn't be able to convince mom or dad to... Um, not that they would have done anything, but it was like a way of like justifying it. What, moving it's to Toronto? legitimacy, yeah. Going to Toronto? Mm-hmm. Well, so they didn't care what degree you got. Well, I already had got. a degree. It was more like, I guess it was... You could have just moved to Toronto and gotten a job at the CBC like you have now. But oh. you know what Humber was good for is the networking and mm. stuff. Yeah. I feel like I needed to justify moving from a full-time job to Toronto to doing something else full-time, and it had to be like... I couldn't just be, like, I, I remember looking at it and being like, I can't just do Second City because that's only once a week. It has to be something right. that occupies, like, me full-time. Smart. I have to do something full-time. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't even necessary, but I also figured that would help. I don't even know why the parents, I thought the parents, it doesn't matter at that point. I was already 26. Yeah, they'd be like, yeah, do what you want. Yeah. You're out of the house. <laughs> now you're still 26. That's right. <laughs> oh, you. Yeah. <laughs> you said you struggled with acceptance, but it sounds like once you convinced your mom, it was like, boom. Not true. Okay. Cut to University of Winnipeg. Here we go. I didn't go straight to Humber. I had to earn my degree by Bachelor of Arts in Theater. Mm. So you had three years of dealing with uh, very upper class uh, drama teachers. Oh. Oh, and, and other drama students. Ugh. Yeah, drama. Well, like you'd you'd have the drama students who just want to be like teachers who'd be really cool, okay. and then there'd be like the real people who are like, uh, you I'm know, be uh, an actor. Full my drama. Uda, my Uda Hagen book tells ah. me that you should be doing uh, this. Your uh, sense memory. Uh, Nick, needs doesn't to... get, Nick doesn't get Uda Hagen jokes. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, but uh, what would happen was I would do my comedy thing and people would be entertained, but. The problem was you'd have a teacher who'd say, "That's not real drama." Exactly, they'd be yeah. like, "They'd be like, that's okay, that's, that's all whatever." Games. Right, exactly. That's cute. Yeah. But now do what I'm trying to teach you right. to do. So we got into this thing where, uh, especially in the third year, where it'd be, "This is this is this is who as a teacher, this is who I am. This is what I teach, and this is what you are as a student. And I would rather you just try to learn what I." trying to teach right. you then try to teach you to be a better performer than what you are mm. so and it's i it's, feel like that's the problem with the whole like pedagogy in general sure yeah well i did english and film in my school and it was like we encourage you to think freely and stuff like that yeah but if you wanted to get good grades you just go for your teacher's wheelhouse and all yeah. of a sudden you're picking up 90s yeah yeah that's true the same thing with poli sci 
Yeah. Well, we're teaching you how to think critically, but if you think like exactly the way that I do, and then you prove it in your essays, then you'll pass. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And I guess, like, their argument always to me was, you know, as a performer, it's good to have all the tools in your in your, in your, in your wheeled house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which, is, which is fine, but my thinking was, I'd rather you just make me the best performer that I'm trying to be. Right. You know? And maybe it was me kind of realizing, like, I feel like with acting the way I describe it is it's like a guy holding up a mirror to himself and the real like legit actors are like I'm gonna hold that mirror so that it shows who I am and the real vein of humanity and for its ugly sides and then as an entertainer you kind of want to shatter that mirror and have sort of this distorted view still of humanity but it's kind of funnier and oddly looking mm. that's the way and I want to be I want to be an entertainer I don't think I am an actor I think I am like an entertainer cool yeah <laughs> No, it's interesting. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. that. You came to that realization, though, at, at yeah. a young age. Yeah. So you still have to convince your parents about that. Well, you got to earn the degree. So three yeah. years, earn that degree. Then it's like whatever you want to do, you're fine. So okay. dealing with all these teachers and everything. I love the film course. I took a film course, and like film was great. We did this. Um, we we did a sweeter version of Jurassic Park. So like it's sort of a cheaper version of Jurassic Park. Oh, so, like, so it was like a hands-on film thing. So exactly. You were actually yeah. Making film. Yeah. Oh. Well, you're great. making your own film, That's and cool. then you're, there's a team project as well. That's cool. Because you were great. acting in them. I guess that makes sense, right? If it was part of your theater training. Yes. You you had to work on other people's films cool. and uh, have like yeah be like a sound crew or something or actually star oh, in them. That makes sense. Which I was like yeah star in them. Uh, the other thing we did was, the other cool thing is, uh, the teacher at the time was like, you know what I would do with Jurassic Park? I would remake it so that the park's open, there's lots of people, and then the dinosaurs get loose. Right. And I'm like, that's Jurassic World. Yeah, he that just guy, wrote that movie. He, direct, <laughs> he predicted that movie six years, uh, earlier. So, I think that movie makes more sense, but they're probably limited on budget, so you couldn't right. have too much human-dinosaur interaction or something. That's oh. my theory. Oh, oh, like six years earlier? Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Or maybe actually at the time it's just like, marvel at the dinosaurs. I think yeah. that's what it was. Yeah. It was like, look at the CGI dinosaurs. Yeah. yeah. And animatronic <laughs> dinosaurs. That's right. Which still hold up. Sick. Look at these animals we've designed with no butts. Yeah, exactly. Where does the food go? That's the real mystery of the movie. <laughs> they didn't have butts? No. Nope. Uh, Kevin uh, Smith thought of, uh, oh, okay. did a bunch of jokes about it. <laughs> um... Uh. Yeah, so then, then after I graduated the school, um, my mom, of all people, looked up, you know, it's a, it's a classic story, looking up online, comedy school. Oh, man, and it's Humber. interesting you say that because that was, I had a sit-down meeting before the holidays with a few people at Humber, and that was something that Mar uh, Mark Breslin said. He's like, you know how most of these kids find out about this program? Their mom. Their parents. Their oh. parents are looking it up online. Yeah. I was like, hmm. That's it. That is pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. If you, I guess if you've got a kid and you're like, my kid's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. What are we going to do with or, them? Or <laughs> this dummy yeah. thinks he's a comic. What do I do about yeah. it? Yeah. How do I set him straight? <laughs> so, okay. So your mom found it. You applied. Did you audition by tape or did you I come? went. We went oh. to the school. And, like, I remember I He wrote, wants it. <laughs> I want it. I want it. But also, it was important to my parents to see the school. Right. So my dad came oh, with to, me. To make sure it was real. Yeah. <laughs> make sure it was real. That's, That's just yeah. That is fair. But when, when we, we pulled up in the cab to uh, uh, an old uh, skating rink that yeah. had been remodeled at the school, we were like, hmm. Uh, <laughs> it's still so 
cool in there though it is really cool yeah it's no. such a cool facility it, um yeah but like obviously uh for my audition i did um i wrote this bit about uh there's gonna be a newer testament there's a third <laughs> part of the testament coming out and it was all Mormonism. like it was all like sponsored <laughs> by pepsi and oh. uh, there was this like love triangle twilight was big at the time so like <laughs> jesus jesus got into a love triangle with this girl from motel 8 and it was him and lazarus it was like and the tagline was like both of these guys came back to life but which one will come back to love like, it was like, oh, <laughs> so uh, terrible it would work it would work yeah oh man back back in the days where i was just trying to <laughs> do my best like i think this is funny Oh, yeah. man. But I got in uh, two years. Uh, and yeah. how did you like it? Did you like uh, the experience at Humber? Like, being somebody who had already a, a degree under their belt, I find, like, there were fewer of us than there were of people yeah. who were, like, fresh out of high school. Yeah, there definitely were, like, a fresh faces. And if I if I had to do it again, I, I'd probably would keep it the same. Would you, would you have just gone straight to Humber, or, like, would you have done university stuff? No, I think it was important to get the education yeah, that I got at, I agree too. at Ottawa U. Uh, but I wish there had been, like, a separate thing at Humber for people who already had an education. So, not for people who, like, had to learn how to be at school. Well, it's a college. It's not a post-grad thing. There was, there, for a while, there was a post-grad program that was comedy. Oh, okay. Yeah, and they got rid of it uh, and just made it the two-year, it was, like, a one-year thing. And Uh then they got rid of it and turned it into this two-year program. Right. But anyway... I don't know, because I personally I found it challenging to work with a lot of people who are, like, fresh out of high school and all they wanted to do was get, dr- or get, get drunk and, like, fuck each other. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I was like, no, that's true. okay, that whole part, like, I you know, I've already lived through all of that. I don't need to see a bunch of horny 17-year-olds anymore. Let's just, like, get to work at this uh, point. I don't think anyone needs to see that. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, anyway, that was a, a challenge that I went through. I don't right. know. Your constant struggle. That was one Your of my struggle. struggles at Humber. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, Humber for me, uh, the experience I talk about Humber is I came in, like, and I think everyone comes in with this idea of, like, I'm gonna do improv, sketch, stand-up, write a pilot, get a screenplay. Right. And you're gonna do it all, kid. You're gonna bat a million. Yeah. Everything's coming up Millhouse. That's right, exactly. <laughs> and little by little you realize, well, maybe I don't want to do you know yeah. I mean? And then little by little you're, like, you're, you get down to what you really want to do. That's or pretty, at least two things. That that's is good. super helpful, though. It is, though. Yeah. In two yeah. years, that's a really quick, like... I think... Uh, I love the teachers. Like, yeah. Let me just say, like, shout out to, like, Larry Hor- oh, Horowitz. Oh, I love Larry. Uh, Bruce Peary. Bruce Peary is still a really great guy You're that lucky talk you got to. Bruce. I got... I had, like, a class with Bruce. Not, like, a course with Bruce. One yeah. single class with mm. Bruce. Yeah. He's, he's great, though. Yeah. He... he uh, I had three conversations with him where he convinced me to keep going in comedy. Oh, that's where awesome. I, like, one thing with Bruce, it was when we were doing our audio, or, like, our audio sketch. I don't know if you had to do that. It was, like, a radio sketch instead of, like, no. a... It was sketch for radio instead of, like, sketch for whatever. Anyway, That's and I did it with Bruce, and he was so encouraging. Yeah. And he was basically, like, this is a well-written piece of funny work. And yes. I was, like, oh, my God, that, nobody else has told me that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so many good things. All the others do. Feedback could be possible. Oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> Or, no, or even just, like, getting feedback. Oh, yeah. oh man, yeah. Feedback yeah. yeah. Uh, it was more like, okay, cool, you did your thing. Next, great. <laughs> yeah. We had after-school sketch with Bruce where you could perform <gasps> in him, and he would give you, like, five, like ten minutes of just notes on what you did and how you could improve it. That's so good. Like, I feel, yeah. we had Eric Toth, and I don't feel like he gave us those notes. He, like, wrote us down in, like, assignments and stuff, but it wasn't, I don't know. And it was so hard at least in the sketch group that I was assigned to because <laughs> half the people like 
didn't want to write at all. Yeah. Like, they didn't, I don't know. It was hard to get, it was hard to work in a group with people who weren't committed. Was yeah. it because they were drunk and horny? Yeah. 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 Well, that was their sketches, right? Or some of them were just like, oh, what do I have to do sketch for? I just want to do stand-up. Right. Oh, you totally okay. get those yeah. people where it's like, I'm just dealing with this because I want to get through. Well, the yeah. shitty attitude sure points to stand-up comedy for you, Yeah, sir. that's a good point. Yeah. Anyway, I feel like this is me complaining about Humber now. No, no, no. No, no, no. Uh, yeah. I'll what compl- else sucked about, about Humber? <laughs> uh, well, uh, like... There goes the Humber sponsorship. Was, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no, I do. I, I am very thankful I went to me Humber. Me too. Me too. Uh, but there, you know, like... There were, there were people at Ottawa U that I couldn't stand. You right. know what I mean? Right, right. right. Sucky lady. people are everywhere. <laughs> Everybody, yeah. Nothing you gotta, to do with the program. But the, but the cool thing is, though, about, and Mark Hallworth told me about this, bleh, is uh, <laughs> that's a simulation of what the real world is like. You're going to work point. with people that want to fucking drink all the time, yeah. Brie. And true. that gave you that experience to work with them. That's a good point. Um, and now I don't work with those people. <laughs> <laughs> No one's fucking at the CBC. What? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, <laughs> wait a minute. Sorry. Um, there goes so, our CBC. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! I'm sorry, guys. Oh man. Damn it! This podcast oh. was just about to go Boy, to these... Radio Three. <laughs> uh, we're independent oh. forever. Man. Boy, these Sour Patch Kids are really <laughs> tasty. Go. That I'm eating. Go 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 go. Oh, uh, this one's got a pube in it. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> the money was coming through the door. All right. Um, I I do like Humber. Uh, I uh, can I tell you this one thing that made me hate improv? No. Improv? Oh, no, it, that's so unfortunate. I know it's really okay. sad. So the problem with uh, I found with Humber is you get these three hour improv classes, but you only get to perform like twice because you gotta watch everyone else and get and, ten and minutes. And because Alan Devlin likes to talk a lot. <laughs> well, I'm not gonna name names, but okay, <laughs> good, good. But, uh, boy, he really liked to na- name drop, eh? Oh, I, like, uh, I remember when I taught John Candy. Oh, what? Oh, like, oh. Because he was part of the, like, he was the musical director for the very first cast of the Second City here right. in Toronto. Oh, nice. Which oh, is, yeah. like, a big deal. That's a big deal. I mean? But at this, yeah, anyway, he did have, like, a lot of stories about, like, he was like, did he tell you the one with, uh, what's his name? The guy who wasn't Rick Moranis. Dave Melt- Thomas. Oh, was mm-hmm. it Dave Thomas? I mean, Dave was like Thomas was the, like, yeah. the thing where John Candy threw something back and then without even looking, Dave Thomas caught it or something. Anyway, it was like a beautiful improv moment that he really? recounted. He recounted numerous yeah. times. Boy, boy, the janitor had a tough time uh, cleaning up after those names he dropped. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so the, the improv thing is, uh, so it's a little frustrating because you're not really progressing with just two times a week no, performing. You don't, to, you don't get to play enough. And as much as you people think that you can learn from watching other people, you really can't. You're kind of just in your own thing trying to understand the criticism that's been given you. Or just support your friends by laughing with them. You know where improv where you can, where you do get better watching is if you go watch people who are better than you. Yes, that's But if true. you're just watching your co-worker or your classmates who are on the same level as you it's kind of like i'm just getting the exact same information over and over and over again Mm -hmm. which can be beneficial well i mean at the start aren't you just building your foundation kind of i guess it depends like because some i guess it's the same like i already had some improv you know what i mean so so there was some things that Uh. i was like ah and then it, it was similar work. Oh, never mind. I guess we should just let Tyler talk about it. Before. No, I like this. I like, we're talking about the deep stuff. I like. Yeah. Uh, I like how cozy we're getting. It's <laughs> we're funny. Closer, Listeners, yeah. we yeah, we are getting closer <laughs> as this goes. We're just Thankfully, against oh, Nick we're, we're getting close to the mic as well. So that's, uh, that's right. That's a healthy colon you got <laughs> there. <Nick. laughs> it's a well-oiled machine. <laughs> there you go. 
Uh, all right, so I'll get through the story so we can keep talking. But uh, so, anyways, improv class taught by someone, not Alan Gutman, but someone else. Um, I'm getting a little frustrated. We do this one scene. It's it's a good scene. It's a great scene. We build it. There's a great story. We're all working. There's prop work. I'm really proud of it. And the teacher at the time just kind of. Her teaching method was just destroy it. Like, destroy oh, it. Like, no. really attack what went wrong. Don't say anything positive. Just, like, go in for it. Not even a sa- the positivity sandwich or whatever. <laughs> I, I don't know. We were positively starving oh, at that no. point. Um, so, eventually, like, in, in a moment of honesty and, like, breaking through the mold, I was like... <laughs> Fuck you, this. You know, I, yeah, exactly. I was like, I gotta say this. Like, improv is supposed to be fun. I, I'm not having fun with this. I don't... I was really proud of that scene. Now I just feel terrible. Like, I, I really... I, I just want to have fun. And this teacher all of a sudden was like, oh, class, Tyler wants to have fun. Oh! Everyone else wants to work. But oh. t- I'm sorry, Tyler wants to have fun. Oh, and so no. at that point, I'm like, oh, man, improv is not cool. So, But then, then you went to Second City. But yeah, and, and, for, and, and for the conservatory audition, it's, it's improv. We're here to yeah. have fun, guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was like, yeah, what? this is so much fun. I remember I was wearing a shark shirt, and one of the teachers was like, can you make that shark smile? I'm like, yes, I can. And I was like, oh, it's Tyler's shark. Uh, so silly and dumb. I even uh, remember the scene I did for the conservatory. Uh, uh, did you info. take any of the ADE classes? Or did no, you I was just like, awesome. bloop. Nice. That's I sweet. think the Humber thing really helped with that, too. Well, when I asked to do it, they're like, oh, oh you went to Humber? So you could start in level C then. Oh, really? <laughs> so it wasn't oh. like you could jump to conservatory. Oh, man. That's okay. I just did C and D. And then I went to conservatory. So I didn't do yeah. A, B, or E. I think that's <laughs> almost C and D. That's almost better, though, because then you... Did you know any of the teachers you had in conservatory because of that? Uh, well, I had probably seen them, like, around Second City. You know what I mean? I had seen yeah. them before. But it also meant, like, I got to work with... Or Brian G. Smith was my level C teacher, and he's great. And I got to work with Rob Baker, who is my level D teacher, who I absolutely... Adore. Going into a uh, conservatory. I don't know where we are in my story communically. Is that okay if I jump into conservatory? Oh, you can go Is there anything we're, we're, talking about we're just number? playing jazz with it, baby. We're just playing <laughs> jazz with it, baby. Uh, so, yeah. Okay, so conservatory. Uh, I really enjoy conservatory. Like, doing conservatory, I, I at this point I had moved to Toronto completely. The parents had to be like, oh, Tyler's not coming back. Like, I so have an like, apartment. Okay. Cool. So it, you stayed in res at Humber then? Is that yeah, what I was an RA. I was an oh, RA. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes, Wait, you, you can stay for free, right? Uh, no, you still have to. I think it's weird. It's like you, you get paid, but you still have to live in res. And were you day jobbing at the same time, or were your parents bankrolling the, uh, the um, comedy education? Well, with an RA, what you can do is you can always assign another person to take your shift. Like you, At one point, there always has to be at least two RAs doing rounds at around 8 o'clock and 11 o'clock, and then you do like a little report. So... Um, I was lucky cause I could always just like, uh, if I had like a sketch show or a standup show, I could just like, there's a, there's like 11 other RAs that I could just, oh, book. Okay. so it was okay. Like I didn't get screwed over. Uh, and it wasn't really a day job. It was more like a nighttime job. So it was okay. Um, so it didn't really impact my comedy that much. I didn't get screwed over in that way. Uh, but after Humber and stuff. Oh, uh, you... what did I do for work then? Uh, I actually, Okay. I did a zombie escape room. Ooh. I did escape rooms where, like, you dress up like a zombie and you just uh, attack people. You, <laughs> you would have said, well, that's that awesome thing? because it, that's, it was great. Yeah, that's performance and yeah. like and uh, probably pretty fun scaring the shit out of people. It was really fun. It really makes you learn a lot about people, like what they do in stressful situations. And there's the person that 
pees themselves. <laughs> yeah, there's the person that like freaks out, the person that gets down to business, and the other person that just kind of accepts their fate and doesn't care. I guess uh, I'm being uh, killed by zombies now. It's true. Like, <laughs> yeah, there was just uh, there were some people that were just I'm too cool for this, and then the other people were like really into it. And mm. It was like great. I feel Wait, like I'd be the I'm too cool for this. I, I hate the idea. Of we need to back room. up. It scares me. Back up. We Wait. need to back up. And oh, how did are. I miss the existence of zombie safe rooms as a thing that happened? Escape room. What did I say? Escape. You said safe room. Sa- safe I room. did. Safe oh rooms. my god. Be safe. <laughs> uh, yeah. So like, there's all kinds. When did of that kick rooms. off? Yeah. There's this. I, I feel like they've peaked escape rooms, okay. but yeah. there's still some great ones. How'd you hear about that? Like, did you have an agent or something? There or? was, um, I think I did have an agent at the time, but this per this was found by, I think, just a jobs posting site. Okay. Might have been my mom, actually. Tired of being uh, living? Do you want to be a zombie? <laughs> it was kind of like that. It was like, uh, it was something like, uh, passionate entertainers looking <laughs> for, you know, uh, very uh, athletic work or something like that. Uh-huh. And I was like, that's me. So where was it based? It was based on uh, the street that's behind Queen Street. I think it's called, uh, I can't remember. Is that Adelaide or Richmond? It's, uh, no, it's like a really small street. It's like between, you know, the school and the, um, oh, it's going to drive me nuts. Uh, But it's like, here's Queen, here's that school, and it's right there. Is it McCall? No. no that goes the other way. It's anyway, like, yeah, okay. it's fine. So close to second. <laughs> Anyways, it's not there anymore. It oh. moved and then eventually it was closed down because escape rooms, like, you, you enough people can do it. Like, it's not like people can go to it again and again and again. Right. Yeah. It's like, once you know. Once you've done it once. Yeah, One exactly. Done. Yeah. Um, Whereas there's, I don't know, I feel like, because uh, that kind of stuff, they do it a lot at, in Niagara Falls. It's not an escape room, though. It's like a haunted house where there's yeah. people who oh, are, yeah. like, dressed up. Well, I know it's a thing in L.A. because some of the writer podcasts I listen to, they're big on doing that as a team. And you have to do it within a certain amount of time. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. it's a time thing. It's, yeah. It's kind of perfect, really, because, like, once you build a room, it's just kind of pure profits. Right. Oh, so right, the cheaper yeah. room you get. And some rooms don't even have actors. So it's even, like, some people just, like, there's the room. Go ahead. <laughs> Try your best. And like, here's a walkie-talkie. Call us if you need us. Oh wow! So, like, this is just an empty room. <laughs> it's like, oh, get you, out for an hour. You solved it. Try to get out. <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was interesting. <laughs> like, did you try the door? Things get broken so often. There were oh, so many times where it's right. like, is this part of the thing? I don't know. <laughs> um, but it was like. And you get hurt a lot, too, like, especially as a zombie, because people will, like, hurt and punch and kick oh, the man. zombie in the face, and, like, when... Right, ah, oh, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, right, ow! Like, make it real. Um, the, uh, when, when we got moved, the, the new owner started putting in metal objects. Like, oh, that's... Old, yeah, and, okay. and, like, he just didn't understand. He never played the zombie. He hosted once, but he just had... And I tried to tell him, like... Like people will get hurt yeah. with the things you're putting in this room, and you're making it kind of hard. And um, yeah, that guy just, anyways, anyways, better times, guys. Better times. I'm not doing that anymore. That's good. Yeah. So, do you have a do you have a day job now? No, now now uh, because of the book um, yeah. and acting gigs and um, um, yeah, it's pretty much the two things. Uh, and I guess sketch shows and producing shows. I I make enough money. And a little awesome. help from the parents. The parents, oh, that's nice. parents that retired, so they're like, "Well, we can, we'll give him some money." So, uh, it's a good place. It's a good place. Nice. Uh, like where I'm living, um, working with great people. Um, yeah. What projects it? are you working on right now? 
Yeah. Um, oh, can I ask first? Did you do yeah. the art for the book as well? No, oh, that's okay. that's another misconception. Is like uh, I I vetoed the the guy who did the artwork because um, what ended up happening is we didn't know he was American. It's oh. it's an American publisher, so I can't get in get the book into like awards because it's not uh, an all Canadian book. Oh, okay. So we were we were sort of upset with Freezing Press not being upfront with us about that. Because we thought it was a Canadian company, but it's actually American. Darn Americans always <laughs> stealing our jobs. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there's there's all kinds of under undertow things that uh, we pr- I probably will not pu- self publish another book. I will try to get it out the old fashioned way. Well, it probably helps the fact that you've already got one out and published. That was the idea. It's yeah. like yeah, it's out, and I've I've read to schools. Oh, um, that's fun. I can visit things. I love to read months coming up, so hopefully people will get me out there for that. But it's it's great. And you went to Winnipeg and you did like a tour in Winnipeg. It was great. Stuff. Are you going anywhere else with it? Well, uh, okay, February 1st, um, I produced this show called Zero Hour. Ooh. Every Everyone say, Bree's been on it. I have. Um, yeah, you hosted with Ned. Ned. Um, good guy. Uh, <laughs> and it's my birthday. We're going to launch the book, but, and I haven't told this anywhere, so this is a, oh. this is a, con, a, a podcast exclusive. Um, we should make people pay more for this. Yeah, exactly. This is the one you got to pay for, $1.29. Um, <laughs> it's, it's Sex T-Rex, Mantown, Ooh. and uh, I didn't get S&P, but Matt Foliot is apparently putting together uh, like a super troop for him. Sweet. So those are the three troops that are going to be on that night. So oh, it's man. birthday, really great troops. Uh, and uh, book launch. That's that is a uh, to do. Right yeah, there. to do. Uh, so uh, what day was that again? Wednesday. We're gonna write that February first. Yeah, Wednesday at nine thirty at Comedy Barn. All right. And so now I'm just trying to think of like something really cool because like last year I don't, don't want to make you guys sad, but <laughs> last year uh, I didn't even I didn't even think my birthday was worth celebrating to be honest. Like, I didn't do anything. I didn't go out with friends or anything, and I just kind of sat home and was sad. But oh. this year. That's kind of you learned your lesson. That's right. <laughs> even even the the parents from Hawaii are coming into Toronto to for the book see That's awesome. So you're making a big deal out of this birthday. Yeah. How old are you turning? Uh, I'm 26. Okay. Yeah. So, <gasps> so you didn't do anything for your quarter century. No, birthday. I didn't. It was really. Yeah. You're making up for it now. I'm making yeah. up for it now. I don't know what to do. That would be fun though. Like both for the Zero Show because I try to do like for the Christmas one. I got a snow machine <laughs> and I uh, I had like a. Uh, Jennifer Lloyd dress up as uh, Elsa. <laughs> she does kind of look like Elsa. <laughs> she does. She pulled it off. Yeah, she did French, French braids and everything. She really like went all out. She's really great. She's she's also she's uh, ironically she's a teacher trying to break into the the industry. This is her year to explore, and uh, she got an agent. I'm really glad she's doing well. Sweet. Yeah. What kind of acting gigs do you do? Um, a lot of commercials. Uh, the latest thing was uh, well, I wanted to tour for Cannibal the Musical. Right. Uh, January 10th and uh, <laughs> I do commercials uh, so there's this one where uh, uh, they're looking for comedic duos it's for Jigsaw and there was a posting right. in the community and they want they want like a Minotaur and a Centaur for a <laughs> commercial and the Minotaur is jealous because the Centaur is the, the handsomer like more appealing and the Minotaur just kind of hates his brother for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we went in as a duo and uh, who'd you go with? Uh, well, it's it's me and Andrew, but we, we okay. emailed them first, and then we'll hear back. But we got we have a video with it, so we're really like showing off everything. Nice. Uh, I'm also in a sketch troupe, which came out of the conservatory because I worked with Andrew Harrison and Cameron LaPrairie, and um, we're producing a monthly show now. And uh, 
that uh, we missed because both Dave and I were disgustingly ill. No, yeah. wait, I was sick, but Dave had something. I don't remember what it was. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> I was like, I'm so sorry, we can't make it. But we, but we, we <laughs> but, but Bree, we should thank you because like, you were sort of the person that always gave us like the Humber, Humber sketch night and like really gave us the sort of start to creating sort of our, uh. Well, you guys took advantage of it. Like, I yeah. don't understand why other people don't take advantage of it. Yeah. Like, you guys were there, like, almost every week. Yeah. And anytime I was kind of like, I don't get it. Like, these guys do it. Why? What's wrong with everybody else? Literally everybody else. Like, you have yeah. Monday night, a free space where you can work on anything. And it doesn't matter if yeah. you fail. It doesn't matter. You know, like, it has. It was you great. You just get the stage time. Guaranteed audience of whoever was uh, performing exactly, before you. At yeah. least that. At least, nope. There was no... There's no risk because everything is free. Yep. And and it doesn't matter at the end of the day. So why wouldn't more people take advantage of it anyway? I don't yep. know, I'm feeling very heated about this right now. Well, even now, even now, <laughs> um, February thirteenth, we we've got a, we're headlining, so we're, we're really excited. At and the um, show. yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, I'm very excited about producing those. Uh, but I would like to say about live dudes is like, um, the other thing I had. Two other struggles here. The, the second one was working with others. Right. Can I tell you? Uh, there's two stories I want to tell you guys because I think you guys will really like them. I like <laughs> them. Um, so um, I'll, I'll say, so uh, I had a friend in Winnipeg. We're going to go back to Winnipeg. Uh, and his dad said he had a pilot. He had a pilot and he wanted to produce it. Ooh. And so when I was coming back for Christmas, this was a year ago, um, we were going to read this pilot and we were going to produce it over the Christmas break. And we were really excited because apparently he had a contact in Toronto uh, he might get it to the CBC. I don't know. So we're really, I'm really excited to read this pilot. So we uh, we get there. I drive to his house and just count all the red flags oh, that happened during this pilot music, pilot reading. So first of all, the uh, it's supposed to be a half an hour comedy. It's it's 38 pages. That's too long. That's right. <laughs> but also, it was supposed to be 44. The printer didn't work. So Ooh. it's missing six pages for some oh, reason. That's... Uh, so we sit down, and uh, I'm the only uh, sort of actor-actor there. And before they even start talking about it, the guy's like, okay, I just want to tell you a little story about how I came across this. Oh, no. He was a pizza delivery man. Oh, great. And he was delivering pizza to uh, a guy's house, and all of a sudden he realized he had a leather jacket, and he produces television. So he went to this guy's house, and the guy said, well, do you have any ideas? And he pitched him this pilot. And the guy said, I love that idea. I'm going to give you money. Uh, not a, not an amount. <laughs> that amount wasn't made clear to I'm me. I'm going to give you a money. Money. <laughs> and apparently he's moving to Toronto. That's his contact. Oh, no. And when you get this done, it, I like this. We're tallying it up. Great. Counting the red flags. Counting the red flags. <laughs> and so, okay, great. So uh, we're about, so we got that story of how he wrote this Wait, what, did he live on the east or the west end? Uh, he lived um, neither. He was a see. It was very. It was that was that would have been the real red flag. It's like wait a minute. Uh, so um, so then we read it. But first, everyone gets a beer except me. So, so everyone starts with a beer. Why do you get a beer? I'm, wait, wait. Huh? They didn't, didn't give you a beer. Uh, I just didn't want okay because okay. I was there to read that a pilot, not to drink. I I'm fine with the beer at the pilot reading. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not counting that one as a red flag. So, um, so we, we start reading it. So the, the plot is basically, it's a, it's a travel agency. Wait, I think what kind of beer was it? Uh, it was, uh, uh, I, I, uh, course, course. Okay. Yeah. That's a, a red flag. Oh. <laughs> That's a red flag. There you go. Um, 
And this, there's one guy who drank eight beers. Oh my god! Because it took it took us two and a half hours to read this thirty-eight pages. <laughs> red flag, so red flag, red flag. Um, and um, and that's not even with the full forty-four pages. So oh, uh, so we start reading it halfway through. This guy, it's the same guy who drank the eight beers, uh, lights up a joint, <laughs> nice. and so uh, so he's smoking it. And um, so reading it, what the, what the story is? It's a travel agency in Winnipeg called WTF. Uh, when they travel, fucking count it, count it. Yeah, uh, and um, and so uh, this American goes, and they got all these wacky characters, and um, there's like, uh, she's got, he's got two of the actors playing like two of the characters. So there's this one guy who does a whole scene that's just himself talking to himself, Ugh. and he can't do like the character is. Uh, Oh, get this, guys. He's a he's a Jewish mayor with Alzheimer's. Hilarious. It's pretty rough. That's a red um, flag. Red flag for sure. <laughs> uh, mark that down. Um, so we read it, and like, there's this other guy who's um, his name's uh, Binder Dunnat, a very oh hilarious God. Indian character. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, so we get through all this. Long story short, it's it's sort of insane. The plot <laughs> is the mayor the mayor is trying to go for re-election, and he's running up against a dog. That's the, that's oh, the plot. God. So it's a little rough. Well, to be honest, though, it does sound like the kind of thing the CDC would buy. That's true. That's true. That's the thing that I'm like, there's something here. This is Shit's Creek, isn't it? Basically. <laughs> yeah, just fish out of water story. So, uh, but also he wants to film it all with an iPad. That's his special oh, gimmick. What? He wants to, not real camera. Not with sound, just this iPad and following people around. Oh, wait. This was just last year, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah, okay. So uh, so we're beyond the point where like that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so we read this, and I, I'm friends with his son. That's how I know him. We've okay. been friends for years. We actually met at M2IP, and we, uh, we started talking. So I sit down with him, um, and he's like, okay, I know it's a little rough, but do you think something's there? And I'm like, yes, there is. Here's what I want to do. Let's rewrite it. I'll rewrite it over the Christmas break, and then we'll shoot it for the last week. And so I do that. It's 21 pages. It's much better. Like I sort of create like um, I create better storylines for everything. It's only it's only 21 pages, so it's it might be a little short, but obviously like it's just a first. Well, you draft. need to room for the commercials. Exactly right. Yeah, exactly. Um, and eventually, so I go and I I bring it to the dad, and the dad has read it, and he's like, okay, before we start talking about your rewrite, um. <laughs> Just uh, just sign this piece of paper. Don't oh. you don't have to read it, <laughs> but just 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 sign it. And of course, it's a contract saying he owns everything that I've written. <sighs> and I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna sign this. He's like, really? <laughs> I uh, I thought you would, but uh, I guess you don't have to sign it. Uh. So I don't sign it. He's already a little mad at me, and he kind of explains like, here's what I want to do. Uh, so I I think between your script and my script, he thought I was just gonna take his script and sort of change it a little bit. Whereas, like, I had, like, sort of kept some of the characters, changed the story. There was no dog running from here. But uh, sort of gave it more of a heart and, like, more characteristics, I thought, of Winnipeg. Like, the thesis was character. Winnipeg is a is sort of a... Uh, how much time do we have? I don't, I don't want to... Oh, we're good. We can edit. We're good for... We're editing this? Yep. Okay, great. Uh, so the thesis was... Uh, this is a story of Slurpees in Winnipeg. Winnipeg is the capital of Slurpees. Mm. And this was sort of the plot of my script. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And the reason it's like that is because our Slurpees are carbonated. Oh. Slurpees everywhere else, uh, for the most part, aren't carbonated. Yep. Because it was just an experiment to see what would happen in the marketplace if they were carbonated. In Winnipeg, it went nuts. Viral. Viral, yeah. 
So it was. It's funny that something failed everywhere else, but was a success in Winnipeg, and that was sort of the thesis: is Winnipeg is a place where failures can succeed. <laughs> and based on that, we did this whole thing about whatever. So we did the story, and uh, he had read that. Um, and so between those two scripts, he said, "There's something there." So here's what I want to do: I want you to come back in March, and um, like fly back here, shoot this pilot. We'll do rewrites, and then we'll get it done. So, first of all, I was supposed to shoot this during Christmas. I don't really want to pay money to go to just fly back, back yeah. and do this pilot that already seems a little fishy to me. Uh, and, yeah. <laughs> and he, so I kind of was like, all right, I guess I could do that. And so I kind of agreed and I left and I was, I was a little upset. So, finally, on New Year's, I just thought, like, this guy, if there is a guy giving him money, he's going to want a project like that. And to wait three months... Just to do an episode, because he also thought the actors need to memorize the script. They need a month to memorize the Wait, script. a whole month. That's A whole month. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he thought. And I was like, why don't you just get new actors? And he's like, well, I really like the people that I've picked, and it would be a shame to tell them no. And it's like, well, that's kind of the industry we're yeah. going yeah. into. <laughs> Welcome to the real world. Um, uh-huh. So we had that um, We had that conversation. Eventually on New Year's, I was like, hey, I'm just going to, what if I just phone him, shoot my script, and it'll just be like, this is what I have. Maybe you'll like it, maybe you won't. And he, so I phoned him up because I, I really want to get something done. Like I came here to do this thing and it's fun to see the parents, but also get projects done while you're there. And so I phoned him up and I, I get my friend and I get my friend and I'm like, listen, here's the thing. I took explain to him what I want to do. And he's like, Tyler, I knew you'd do something like this. You're just going to take the project oh. for yourself you're going to change it. I knew you'd do something like this. And he screams, cusses me out, whatever. What is this rate? What is this podcast rate? I've been swearing so You've been swearing? Oh, yeah. Right. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. So I'll save it for the dad. So he gets so loud that the dad from upstairs comes down. He's like, what's going on? He's like, it's Tyler. He's trying to, okay, let me get the phone. Now this guy, this guy, he, he has a degree and he was a teacher for native studies at the University of Manitoba. So he... He's a learned man, also a pizza delivery guy. So he's, he's good. And he's got range. He's got range. He spent a lot of time writing the script. And I'm like, he's going he's gonna to understand. Or, so he gets the phone, and I explain to him what I want to do. And he just goes, like, every mean thing you can think of, uh, he Jesus. says. It's just, F you, F you. You wow. know what? I want you, let's go. I want you to meet in public. And, and sign the contract. I don't. I don't feel safe with you having. It. You know, if you are a good Christian man, you will do this thing for me. And then like, he goes on. And he's like, well, yeah, mark those down. Uh, and then he's like, uh, you know, I bet you don't have any friends in Tr- uh, Toronto. You're the guy that probably no one wants to work with. And and he's and then he's like, you know, I went to university. You know, I was I was making films before you were born. I think I know a little something. Oh and I was like, what happened to the other six pages? He's like, the printer didn't work. It wasn't me. <laughs> no, Seinfeld episode. <laughs> it was very Seinfeldy. And my parents are watching me while I'm making those phone calls. Just like, to give, just, he's doing business. That's right, exactly. That's exactly what it was. It's like, wow. This is, this is exactly what I thought it would be. Yeah, I wish I had recorded it. Uh, Good anyway. thing we sent him to get his degree first. <laughs> That's right, the degree. Use the degree, Tyler. Okay, Mom. All right. Uh, so then, uh, so we, so eventually it just came into like, you know, I'm going to do the script I want. I'm going to do it without you. And I'm going to do it in March. And I was like, great. Good luck. Bye-bye. And, uh, click. And, uh, to this day, there is a, there's a Facebook group where you can see, uh, what's it called? Uh, I think it's called my Winnipeg. And you can see the hilarity of, um, you know, what the outcome. Created. Yeah. 
Well, I don't know. For those of you scoring at home, I got 15 red flags. <laughs> <laughs> story. Oh, boy. Dodge that bullet. Ugh, but, good thing uh, you didn't sign that game. Yeah. That well, was not a, that it would have made a difference. I apparently, guess. I had to donate blood several times a year. For yeah, exactly. That's weird. They own my blood. <laughs> Can you sign this in blood? All right, Satan. Uh, uh, oh, man. But, uh, yeah, it's been a little crazy. Um, do you guys want to hear another story? I like stories. Want another story? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Nick still has so many questions. It's fine. I mean, some of, of them were kind of like we took One care. Is tell us another story. That's what. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what, the only thing is the movies. Uh, I like to hear about the. Well, I'm, let's Battle go to your Fugit- questions then. Let's go to your questions. Uh, well, I just like movies? Question mark. And uh, <laughs> Star Wars improv. No, because oh, oh, I'll yeah. talk about Star Wars. That's that's the next story. Actually, was going to brilliant. Be okay, so we'll put a pin in. No, because you on your. Uh, in your bio, I don't know if we're getting too in the weeds here. Uh, you mentioned that you were in uh, Battle for Two and Camp Vamp. Yeah. What's all that about? Okay, we're talking about... Okay, so uh, Battle for Two is a student film that I directed. Oh, cool. Uh, was that at uni uh, or... It was at University of Winnipeg, yeah. And um, it, it actually won... It, we had a little uh, award show of like what was the best film everyone created and uh, Battle for Two won. So nice. 16 people thought the <laughs> film was the Sweet. best one. Awesome. Uh, so, uh, but uh, what it was is it was this sort of dinner party where like there's two couples and they're having uh, they're having red wine. And it's like, I just want to say, like, my husband's very competitive. And the other person's like, my husband's very competitive, too. And then the husband, like, sprays wine in the guy's face. Sounds like like a Second City sketch. It was very Second City. It was very Second City. And then they're like, okay, let's, uh, well, let's go set dinner. And then they all have hot dogs. (laughs) But they're all dressed up really nice. Fancy dinner. Exactly, yeah. And then it gets into this competition of who can eat more hot dogs. Can I side note for a second? Please do. Um. Yesterday, I had to, no, two days ago, I had to go bring my computer into the shop, Uh and I asked what, like, what kinds, what the most, like, common stupid problems are that people would have to bring their computer in. Yeah. And the guy said, one of the most common things is people dropping red wine on their computers. Really? So, white wine is fine. Yeah. What was it? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that, yeah. the tannins. I <laughs> that oaky, uh, the, the oakiness to it. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Just fries the keyboard or whatever. Okay, um, sorry, back to so, it. So they're eating hot dogs and like, I'll try to find a link to it and show you guys it. Yeah. But, uh, Is it on the YouTubes? It might be on YouTube. I might, I, I definitely have like it on my computer so I can, I can at least can send you like the movie to, or through email or the Google Drive. Um, the drive, the cloud. <laughs> but eventually yeah so one guy one guy actually starts they both start choking at the same time oh uh-huh. all right and then uh choking on the hot dogs and then there's there's a competitive race to get to the phone before the other one does <laughs> so while they're choking on the hot dogs they're like pulling each other away from the phone and it's all done to classical music so there's like that uh, you know that song they use for the um uh what's called uh, uh fury road the um you know the mad max film in the trailer. I can't remember the trailer for it, but okay. There's like Voltaire's, uh, I can't remember, Requiem for well, the, something. Not Requiem it's, for a Dream, was Not it? Requiem for a Dream, no. Okay. But it's it's some classical song that's very powerful and whatever, and like they're very big movements and everything, and then eventually one of them actually ch- ch- uh, throws up the hot dog. Awesome. So then the other person picks up the throne of hot dog and eats it. So oh, he's he, the winner. So he's the winner of the thing. <laughs> and then the, it ends with him saying, so same time next week. And so, yeah, okay. <laughs> but he's yeah. like, he's like on top of a mountain on him. It's really like, 
sexual. So it, very much. I mean, they were choking <laughs> on wieners. That's yeah. true. Yeah, I never realized there were a lot of man. University <laughs> Tyler was weird. Cool. Uh, Camp Vamp. Camp Vamp is this film where um, uh, I just met this guy. It was like a crazy books thing. There were no red flags. He was a super cool guy. Um, had to travel out. He bought me Tim Hortons. Um, he's just been a great guy. His name's Amir. And he uh, he produces films, and he's producing this like vampire film where it's a guy and his girlfriend go out to the woods for whatever. It's very simple, and they get attacked by vampires. And I play this sort of hillbilly esque but very friendly guy who kind of has this very sweet moment with him where he's trying to decide whether or not he loves his girlfriend. So like I start saying things like, you know, when you say I love you, are you saying it to her or through her? Like it's that kind of stuff, <laughs> you know. So, but we've been friends like. Uh, to put it in context, it's when um, it's when the Back to the Future Marty goes back in 2015, whatever. That's when we first met. Oh, like that? Okay. Like yeah, when yeah. it just happened, like when in the second one where he goes to the future, yep. like the date was whatever. So they re-released uh, the second one. First oh, one cool. The theaters. All right. So that night we were filming. We went to go see that film. Nice. And we have seen we have seen Star Wars last year. Force Awakens, yep. and this year, uh, Rogue One. So good. Yeah, in the oh. same theater, in the IMAX. So oh. uh, he's been a really great friend. Yeah. So Camp Am, look forward to it. Uh, When's it come out? I have no idea. The trailer, I think he's just re-released the trailer, but I think everything. I think it's in post-production. Oh, I think nice. he's editing it as we speak. Well, if you remember, we could give it a shout-out on the on our social stuff. Uh, Sure, yeah. I'm, I'm sure Amir would like that, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, all, right. all right, Star Wars Improv? Yeah. Star Wars Improv. So, um, so I won. I went to get into production last year, and the first thing I had was this uh, idea of Star Wars Improv, and it was my first time producing. And it was uh, what the format was: is we the first show. There were two shows. First show, it was just a retelling of A New Hope through improv scenes, and it kind of went okay. The second one was more just situations. We had such a huge cast. Though, like the people you got to play, yeah, uh, like you had Adam Colley, yeah, Jason, Jason Ross. Ross. Uh, Who was Ross again? He was Luke. Oh. Adam Colley was Vader. Uh, Lee. I love them both. Uh, oh, yeah, Amanda Pereira was Princess Leia. I feel like I don't know who that is. Um, she she produces a lot of shows, but none that come to mind right now. <laughs> uh liam murphy as uh he like played yoda and got green stuff on his face but also uh obi-wan he's good with and, voices yes uh he's a great guy wait uh, yoda wasn't in a new Hope. Oh, well he was in the second one sorry. okay cool. so That's he fine. he was uh who was he in the first one he was uh, obi-wan sorry all right uh and then uh steve hobbs is han solo and uh, that's everybody oh i could see that yeah yeah but that was that was a great cast i think it was because it was a star wars thing i actually i actually phoned disney to get the rights to Star Wars, and I remember phoning, like, you can just look him up, and you can phone him, and I was like, so, um, this is what I want to do, do you think I would have to pay you guys money? And he was like, yep, what's it for? Oh, an improv show? Yeah, Disney's not really interested in, <laughs> like, releasing all the rights to a Star Wars improv show, so thank you, but good luck. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm gonna do it anyways. Yeah. And, uh, no, uh, no lawsuits, uh, followed. But I think as long as you don't call it, like, Star Wars approved improv yeah. right yeah or, or like a while ago or a couple of years ago uh a fringe show was called everyone loves marine land and marine land was like <laughs> oh right I they're, remember that. they're super suey though yeah yeah suey yeah right. they're uh yeah they gotta work on their image a little bit <laughs> uh anyway so uh what ended up happening is i had these like really cool posters 
that were made, and uh, there was going to be a third show, and Rob Norman was going to play Admiral Akbar. <laughs> but what happened was, I think it was Fringe, so Jason Ross was doing his show. Gamble. Yeah, exactly, which was a great show. Um, and so, but the big thing that really canceled was there was a person that I was working with to get posters done, mm-hmm. and this person for the first two were great, but for the third one, I went to Montreal Fringe. And I'd given her what I'd wanted. But by the time I came back, she, she hadn't started on it. Uh. She was like, oh, I wasn't clear on the details. So I was kind of in a bind because this was like a week or, or two weeks or maybe eight days. I don't know. But <laughs> she had a little bit of time to fix it. And I was like, well, what, what can we do? And she's like, okay, I'll work on the poster. And I was like, great. I'll have it this time. I'll give you 50 bucks to work on it. It'll get done. And the problem was is <coughs> she, she went too late. She had it done. But she, it was just too late, and I canceled the show. So the, she probably had it done the same time I canceled it. Uh, and so now we're in a situation where, what do we do with the 50 bucks? Right. And this is like, this goes with like the struggle of working with people. And what I said was, you can take the money, but let's use it to a future project where we can actually use the poster. Yeah, well, why did it take her so long to do it? I think, well, she got mad at me because I apparently hadn't given her enough details on what I would want to do. Um, but also... But is, that's a phone call to fix, though. Yeah, so what was she waiting for? I don't know why. Like, like I you think didn't she... have your phone with you while you were... No, I, it was email. Or... It was all over oh. email. So I had Wi-Fi on my little, my little phone. Mm. So it wasn't really clear what exactly was happening that's at that point. That's on her, man. Well, I think so. But the, the... I think like, there's a, a lot of people get into a lot of different trouble with people who design posters because you're, like, at the mercy of the person who's doing the art. When they get it done, yeah. 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 And you're like, well, I need this, like, now... Yeah. Like, do it, like, or, or I'm not going to pay you, you know? Well, I understand that, like, as an artist, you want to get paid, and you want to have the details, and, like, um, but the thing that she did to me was, uh, next time around, where I'm like, okay, now let's get the poster done, she's like, actually, I don't want to work with you anymore in the uh. future, and I'm, I'm busy anyways. Ugh. So, and, then, and then, then that's where you say, well, okay, let's get my 50 bucks back. Yeah. And she's like, actually, I feel like I gave you, I made you a poster, so I deserve the money. I feel and, like it's like worth it just to be like, okay, never mind. Yeah, yeah. Then I'm that's like, a fine. fifty dollar lesson. You yeah. exactly. <laughs> it's like, all right, fine. I, I think no, I sent her. Yeah. I've heard a lot of people have a lot of difficulties with people because, like, a lot of people who do the graphic design are first of all, if you're a perfect or a person in graphic design and you need that much like work for like, oh, I wanted to get the idea for no, you make the poster. I yeah. told you like what I want. If you don't think you have enough information. Well, fuck off. Just make something, you know, make something the way yeah. that you think it is. You know, like, it sounds to me like she was just, like, yeah. wasting her time. And she had done, like, two other posters beforehand. So she had a very clear, like, yeah. like style format. That I probably great. bullshit. Bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes it's, like, a lot of these graphic artists are also performers. So they end up having to do a lot of their own kind of stuff at the same That's time. That's true. That's fair. So they get caught up in other projects and stuff. So it's, it's tough for graphic artists. Yeah. I, Finding yeah, the right this, graphic artist. This isn't tough. me saying, you know, screw you, graphic artist. No, no, you're, I'm just saying it's tough to find the right one, which is why I end up working with Rob Hills all the time. Uh, but that's that was the Star Wars improv, and and um, just to finish the story. So for that week where I didn't have anything, that's where Zero Hour came from. Nice. It's called Zero Hour because <laughs> it was Zero, zero Hour. hour <laughs> like, it was like, it. yeah, we got to uh, do a show. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, let's do it. And uh, that's what I've stuck with over these years, and it's been great. Um, we finally, like, I think we're starting to get audience. Not starting, like, we've. We, I started making money in September. That's good. Yeah, cool. Like actually making money, so that's good. 
Sometimes uh, it's tough, man. Yeah. But well, no, oftentimes it's tough. Oftentimes it's tough. How Most of the time it's tough. How much do you charge for a ticket? Ten bucks. Ten bucks. That's yeah. Fine. Ten bucks. Nine thirty. Um, it's good. The format is it's long. Three long form troops get ten minutes, and then the ideal is that the ten minutes be- between those is short form games that people get pulled out from the buckets, just to mix it up. And that way, people who come to the show get to play. Yeah, exactly. And uh, but also, it's a great like. Like, I don't always do two shows between things. Sometimes I'll just do one just so I can make that time. So, like, yeah. I have control over when I end the show. So, right. it's really good. Yeah, that's good. So, you won't go too long. Or you yeah. Won't go, yeah. So, um, where is it? Where... Oh, comedy it's at bar. Comedy Bar. At? Uh, main stage. Uh, what? Like do we do the time and everything? Comedy Bar. 9.30? Oh, oh, yeah. Comedy Bar, 9.30. Uh, this week, it's January 11th. I don't know when it's coming out, but uh, February 1st for sure. Yeah. And March 1st. January 11th, I have a show that day. You do? Yeah. Okay. What time is your show? It's Wednesday, 9.30. Mine is Wednesday at 8, so we're the one right before you, I guess. What, no, we're in the, in the small Oh, space. you're, um... What if? In Cabaret? Mm-hmm. Oh, great, yeah. We'll you see you there. You can see both shows in one it's night. It's a double feature. Woo! <laughs> oh, man. That'll be good. Yeah. Yeah, producing's fun, right? It is a lot of fun, especially when people come. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that's true. <laughs> When uh, I was talking to uh, uh, I, I was talking to Andrew and Cam, live dudes, uh, about doing Montreal Fringe, that's where we kind of formed the the bond. Uh, <laughs> Andrew said something about like there's something really depressing about dancing in spaceman costumes to six people. Yeah. Oh, well, at least you guys got six people. I yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. The Montreal Fringe was pretty tough. We had like one. I think our smallest house was like there were two people in the audience. Yeah. And it was like, well, we still have to freaking do it. Exactly. So, yeah. There we go. Yeah. It's uh, it's known as the party fringe because uh, my theory is uh, I heard that because fringe is considered an anglophone event, the francophone community kind of shuns it. That makes sense. And, like, buries it under, like, there was, like, a NASCAR event There's, like, going 8 on. million other free events yeah. going on in Montreal yep. at yep. the exact same time. So, like, have a big cast or, like, I don't know, really embed yourself in the community. Mm-hmm. It helps to have, like, if you're, like, in one of the big theaters, like, the main line or someone, yeah. like, one of the cool theaters. Totally. As opposed to, like, we were in some, like, kids' theater, like, way out of the beaten past. It was, like, great. We have lots of good things going yeah. for us Loving here. this. <laughs> Loving this. All right. Tell us your other story. What's the other story? I mean, oh, you said you had another story. Uh, I thought that was it, the Star Wars one. I think that's it, yeah. That, that was, was it? the Star Wars one. Uh, oh, the one about the posters. Yeah, that was that your was other it. story? Yeah, okay. it was related oh, to wow, the Star Wars did it so organically. <laughs> but uh, I'll just say this, like, uh, from, like, being accepted and working with others, those two struggles, I, I found that those two, uh, I don't struggle with live dudes. No, I cannot, because you're like, you found your... Yeah, that's the arc. It's yeah. like, yeah, I found my, my two my two brothers. I, I, I really do love Andrew and Cam and working with them. And You guys have so much fun. You, you, you can, like, tell that you're having fun on stage. Yeah. Which I, is nice. Yeah. Because you sometimes you watch people on stage and you're like, oh, they hate this. Right? <laughs> yeah, like, they're, they're doing it because they have to do yeah. it. Yeah. That's great for the art. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was like, I was very excited when you guys were so dedicated to coming like every week. I was, I was like, good, get good, come. Yeah. Get better, not get better because you weren't good, but like get better because that's our job. You know yeah. what I mean? Like do it, come that, back every week. And your sketches are fun and, and smart and more uh, interesting than a lot of the stuff that I've seen to come out of Humber, uh, yeah. sketch particularly there's not a lot of sketch that comes out of humber except like no. best of friends which are amazing like you right know what I mean? well what, which uh which sketch of ours do you like uh do you like do you remember any? i i like the the um 
competitive moon landing one. Oh, Because it's nice. very physical. Yeah. But it's also, yeah, it's also, you know, it's got a, that message about uh, being, you know, recognized and being number right. one and everyone being the first. Be first. Yeah, everybody wants to, to be first and everybody wants the recognition. For yeah. It. So that one, I think, is my favorite. Yeah. It, it is such a joy to work with those guys. Like, we really just, like, we, we've met twice this week, just coming back from the Christmas break, and, like, it's it's just been fun. We improvise together to start it up and then, like, go through concepts. And we usually do, like, more more taboo stuff, but uh, it's it's been great. Gay ISIS! Yeah, office shootout. That's, that's <laughs> trying to describe, uh, what, at my mom's retirement party, I was telling my mom's friends one of the sketches we do, which is uh, office shootout, where <laughs> two guys decide to shoot up the office, but they go up the same day, and they meet each other, and they're like, oh, oh. we both can't do. Yeah, that's that's the premise. <laughs> And, uh, and really, Mike, <laughs> that's what it was. It's like, in the beginning, it's like, boy, I hope everyone's at work today. You're right, yeah, no one's sick. It's stuff like that. And we do it like we do a Shakespearean style where they turn their backs and the audience knows they both have guns, but they don't know they have guns, so they're like just doing that shmormy, like, how's it going, Fred? Well, early bird guts the worm. Thank you. Uh, and then, but that's, that's, that's called irony. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the ending of the line is like, they come to this conclusion of like, you know, if one of them's, one of them's afraid that they both shoot up the office together, they'll look gay. And the, other one, <laughs> the other one, the other one thinks they'll look like ISIS. So they decide to write not gay night ISIS on the board. And then uh, one of them doesn't have a pen. So he gets on his knees to get the pen out of the other guy's pockets while he will hold it. Oh guns. man. And then the guy, gay. yeah. And then the guy comes in through the elevator and he's like, oh my gosh. Gay ISIS. And then, it's like, and then they're like, no, no, that's all But, uh, yeah, so it's like taboo, but at the same time, we're just impish little men trying to make the audience laugh. So we kind of get away with stuff like that. Um, but again. It's fun. It's silly. I like, silly is my favorite fun. Yeah. Funny. <laughs> comedy. What? Yeah. Words. Kind of <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. That, well, what's, what's, uh, well, it sounds then that you've conquered all your struggles. <laughs> they go on don't worry you know what you want to hear the new struggle yes. the new struggle of 2017 is yes. uh it's i have a lot of fingers and a lot of pies right now mm, pie fingering yes yes mm, so he's, 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 so your struggle is that your pot your fingers smell way too good way too fruity all fruity pie fingers uh fruity pie fingers that'd be that'd be a good candy pie fingers anyways uh you just put another finger in another pie oh gosh oh gosh stop me guys stop me uh, where did all these pies come from oh man I don't it care. smells so good in here oh man keep me away from bakeries um but like uh so i have uh my parents want to make a, a website for me to like sell cool. my book and whatever but the thing is is what is my passion what do i want to do i'm spreading myself a little too thin i feel and so i don't know if i have to focus or just keep all these plates spinning until whatever and that's that's the big that's the struggle is like what is the real passion here? is it like storytelling is it like you do you want to tour with the boys do you want to act like the answer is yes to all of those. I things. think that yeah, yeah totally. Do like, it I all. Honestly, yeah. I, yeah. Why not? Do um, why not? If you if you enjoy it all, then why not explore? I think that was like one of the things about going to Humber. They're like, well, you got to figure out what you are. Are you a stand up? Are you a sketch yeah? That's person? the figure thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. one are you? And I was like, I kind of like all of yeah. that. I think post uh, like multimedia and stuff that that's not going to be the driver anymore. Like you can. You could do multiple different things and be renowned for it. And you kind of have to now, too. Yeah. Like you have to have a diverse range of skills if you want to 
Or it's not so much that you have to, it's like you can. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, yeah, you can't just rely on one thing. Just go out and do what feels right, man. Yeah, man. It's true. No, it's true. Yeah. Um, it, it has sort of changed. Like, even in the book industry, it used to be just, I write a book, I give it to the publisher, the publisher gives it to the editor, yeah. the editor gives it, but now... But what will make that stand out in a sea of other books? And exactly. Stuff? So you gotta get out and do yeah. other shit, too. It's very true. Yeah, because it makes you more interesting if you're not just like, uh, you know, Tyler Morgan is a children's author. You know, Tyler Morgan is a children's author and a sketch comedian and an improviser. Yeah, and, you know, and all those like, hats. He does all, all those hats and pies. Great things. Yeah, all yeah. those pies. So many pies. We want to know what's something interesting is, is when I was a kid, like, I, I asked myself, like, what's the root of, like, why I wanted to do comedy? And, like, I think a lot of people choose, like, I just want to be happy or make people make my parents laugh or whatever. But, like, my thing was uh, I, I wanted to be immortal. That was my Ooh. thing. Because when I was, like, around like five still on who wants to live <laughs> forever <laughs> oh man so you want to be a highlander is what you're saying that's what oh. i'm saying uh that explains it, the broadsword now i'm worried yeah i'm sorry guys i'm sorry no oh man there's lightning everywhere oh, fight me fight me queen <laughs> why am i hearing queen right now by the power of mercury um but like my big thing was like i i know i'm gonna die at one point at five years old and uh, I, want to, <laughs> I want to be remembered forever. So what can I do? And I was like, oh, I could be an entertainer because people love entertainers forever. I also, like, I don't know. I think that's why I gravitated to the church, too. It's like, the Bible's going to last a long time. <laughs> no. The okay, new New Testament? Yeah, my New <laughs> Testament, yeah. That guy's been around for a little while. That book. That book. The book is a guy in this. <laughs> it's Charles Bar and Wyatt. Well, great. Yeah, man. This is good. That's uh, that's sort of my life and where I'm at right now. I think uh, I think we covered a lot of great stuff. Thanks guys, for guys sharing with us. Do you have any other questions? I don't. Your, that covered the. Uh, yeah, I think we're all good. How many red flags in this interview? Oh, they're off the chart. <laughs> so many green flags. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that might green be the name of the episode. <laughs> no, it's gonna be something about pies for sure. Yeah, <laughs> pie fingers. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for coming, Tyler, and thank talking you. to us. And uh, struggle on. Oh, struggle on. Hey, gang, it's Bree from the podcast. If you're a fan of the Constant Struggle podcast, you might want to consider becoming a patron of our podcast by going to patron.podbean.com forward slash struggle pod and helping us struggle on this year. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. Struggle on. And I would not